Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to hour two of our program this evening. I am Hub Arkish, going to be with you until 10 o'clock this evening as we talk sports on Chicago's number one rated all sports radio station, 670 The Score. Behind the glass tonight is Brandon Fryer, and I'm watching this young man hustle. He does an unbelievable job. We have uh, a few technical issues tonight that I, I shouldn't say we're working through. He's working through. I just get to sit here and do the show, and, and he is just doing it all, keeping us on the air, making it sound right, taking care of you when you dial up. He'll be the friendly voice on the other end of the phone, uh, getting all of our sound bites in and out. Just an incredible job. We, we just have the best production staff in the world here at 670 The Score, and tonight I am lucky enough to be working with Brandon. I am also lucky enough to have this incredible lineup of guests that Brandon put together for me. We just visited with Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic, and now we're going to go right back to our guest hotline, joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, is Patrick Finley of the Chicago Sun-Times. And Pat, uh, you know, you can be my witness. I think I've missed three Matt Nagy press conferences all season, and every time I do, Tevin Jenkins has back surgery or Danny Trevathan goes on IR where now Justin Fields becomes the starting quarterback. So, um, <laughs> you know, just kind of crazy stuff. I, I uh, just couldn't be there, but I was able to follow you guys uh, on the app as they streamed the press conference um, from Alice Hall. I was taken aback. Uh, not that this is so strange or there's anything unusual or we didn't know it was going to happen. Just that it happened this morning after our visit with Matt on Monday. Uh, I'm curious what your initial reaction was. Yeah, I, I wasn't surprised that Justin was going to start against the Raiders. I, I think most of us in that room probably would have bet on that um, on Monday uh, after hearing Matt's comments. I thought on Monday when he said, you know, the next two days will be important for Andy, I thought he was giving himself a timeline to make a decision. And I thought that that decision would be Fields. The thing that is surprising to me is the unequivocal nature of the thing. It is not, you know, Matt saying Justin will start on Sunday and we'll see how it goes. It's not we want to see Justin improve before we make any further decisions. It was Justin is our starter, period, uh, and will be our starter short of 
being injured the rest of the way. Uh, to me, that was uh, that was uh, um, you know somewhat surprising. And I think what's really gotten uh, people in Chicago excited because there is no there's no uh, there's no half stepping on this anymore. It is it is what what they are doing going forward. Yeah, and Pat, it's a great point because like you, yeah, I assumed that either. Dalton was going to need more one week or the Bears were going to manufacture a situation where he needed one more week. Um, but it, it was saying it's over. The plan is dead, you know, and it was the plan, uh, you know, that, that he repeated Monday morning and then given a chance to leave himself some room, gave a one word correct. Andy Dalton is number one. That is no longer the case, which leads me to question number two, which I'm kind of the most curious about as I've ruminated about this all day long. Whose decision do you think this was? I think it was his. I think that, um, you know, he said it was his. And, and let's be clear about that, because I did ask that question today, whether he talked to Ryan, whether he talked to George, whether he talked to his assistants. And he gave us the same line he gives us all the time, which is, you know, the collaboration and communication every day is, you know, top notch or whatever it is. But then he went out of his way to say very specifically, this was my call. Um, I, I do believe that. I, I think that this, uh, that we got to the point where uh, Justin Fields became probably Matt Nagy's best bet for self-preservation in addition to what is best for the team. I'm not sure that two weeks ago we could have said that. You certainly could have, couldn't have said that flying home from Cleveland. But when he showed the improvement that he showed, I think any rational head coach would sit there and say, if this is what he did between start one and start two, we have to find out what he does in start three. And once you get to that point, I think you're locked in uh, on him the rest of the way. I, is this what Matt would have preferred going into the season? I don't think so. I think Matt would have rather Andy Dalton stayed healthy and them, you know, push Justin's clock back as, as far as they could uh, for the sake of trying to win more games and maybe Justin getting more careful or more comfortable while watching. But once that went sideways after five quarters, uh, I thought that this was, uh, I, I think this is Matt's decision. And I think this is kind of the only clear path you know, as you know, as of Sunday, uh, I thought this was the only way forward. Yeah, Pat, you know, I hear you. And I heard him say, you know, emphatically that it was his decision. But but hey, let's be honest. He can't say anything else. I mean, he, he couldn't tell us, you know, I was told to do this by the owner or by the president and CEO or by the GM, because then he's announcing publicly that he's no longer in charge. He's no longer the top football guy. He has to yeah, say yeah, that. But these are- yeah. Correct, but let's be clear. If George McCaskey or Ted Phillips is making the decision about your starting quarterback, I mean, that might be grounds to just, you know, turn in your keys and leave. I, I, I don't think I, – I, I can't imagine that that was a direct order. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And by the way, I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing that it was mass decision. I'm just trying to get my arms around it. I don't think it was an either-or direct order. But when he talks about all these wonderful conversations they have – but isn't clear about who he's having them with, that's where I get curious about this. It would be completely out of character for George McCaskey and Ted Phillips and the way this organization has been run for the last 20-some years, or I think it's about eight or nine years now since George took over uh, as the chairman, it would be out of character for them to even get involved in the, in the football operation. But he made so much out of these, quote, discussions without clarifying 
who all was in them, that that's what kind of got me wondering for the first time is did George and Ted weigh in and did they suggest to him that it was in his best interest to make the move now, possibly bowing to all the outside pressure, which we know no matter how much they want to deny that they listen or hear or read, we know they're all tremendously aware of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, if, if Bears quarterback decisions were made based on the angst of the fan base, <laughs> We'd have a new quarterback, you know, every other week for the last 50 years. Um, yeah, I, I do wonder whether, um, well, you know, you do have to think that whenever you, you're going to a rookie quarterback and when your job is on the line as Matt Nagy's is, I, you know, I think it would only be, you know, natural and human nature to try and get some sense of, hey, how safe am I going to be if I go to this guy who at least in the very short term is a step backwards from the veteran quarterback that I thought I was going to play. Uh, if I were him, I would be curious about that. I don't know whether there's a smart way to ask your bosses that, um, but that would be curious. I, I do. I get back to, I, I think this is Matt's decision. I don't think it was that hard of a decision. And, and I do think that the listening to Matt Nagy's press conferences gets less complicated and less mind numbing when you consider that, it is a priority of his to not air out Andy Dalton uh, in public, to not demote him in public until he has to. I, I think that so much of the double talk that we've heard in the last week was him trying not to offend uh, or, or put down Andy Dalton, who he thinks of as a really good soldier in this whole situation. So what, what does he do now? What are his options to save his job? How, how do you think he gets evaluated the rest of the season, him and Ryan Pace? Does it, well, I mean, wins, number one. I mean, that's I, I don't think there's any getting around that. Number two is the growth of uh, Justin Fields and the growth of the offense around him, um, uh, probably in that order. You know, there's no question that this is going to be an up-and-down situation. Uh, you know, Justin's going to have good plays and bad plays. He's going to have good games and bad games. Uh, hopefully it never gets as bad as it did in Cleveland. Um, but, you know, to think that this is going to be one steady climb is foolish. But I think if you look around the league and if you look at the other rookie quarterbacks, you know, it's clear that this isn't a linear thing. This is kind of, you know, three steps forward, one step back. You know, what was it? Uh, rookie quarterbacks were one and 11 as starters going into the week. And that one win was when one rookie quarterback started against another rookie quarterback. And then this past week, you know, you saw Mac Jones looked, I thought, very, very good. Uh, in that Sunday night game, you and I have talked about that off air. Uh, Justin won a game. Um, uh, Trey Lance came off the bench, played really well. Uh, you know, they, uh, the Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson, won a game. You know, you can see these, you know, leaps being made in a way that probably doesn't make logical sense. <laughs> so I think, I think the best way for Matt to, to uh, ingratiate himself with everybody here is to you know, be in charge of the off or of Justin Fields and of the offense and for Justin Fields to make those leaps enough to allow everybody to dream. All right. So, so let's, let's break that up though. Let, let's talk about the wins first. Is, is nine the magic number? Cause they have back-to-back eight win seasons. Is, is it winning a playoff game? I mean, you know, what do you think the expectation is knowing where this team is at right now? I, I don't know that there is a number and, and uh, you know, nine, nine and eight, Sure, you know, might make sense. If you're nine and eight, you can sit there and say Matt Nagy's never had a losing season. You can sit there and say, you know, you know, he's whatever it is. He will be nine games over 500 over four years. I think that's a pretty good argument. I, I get back to how does the offense look? 
um, has he proven that he can craft an offense around Justin Fields? And if that looks like a wonky fit at the end of the year, I think that hurts Matt, obviously. And, and if they've come up with something that plays to his strengths, um, I think that that helps. Uh, and I think you combine that with the record and with the team. I mean, one of the great benefits uh, or one of the great pluses in Matt Nagy's uh, column right now is that over the last three years, you know, his players play hard for him. They do not quit on him. They you know, do not turn on each other publicly which uh, is something that I think every coach is aware of when your offense is so bad and your defense is so good as it was uh, the previous couple of years. Um, so if the team is still playing hard and if the offense looks smartly constructed, I think that that you know, can turn an 8-9 record into a contract extension probably. Well, now, now let's look at the other piece, though. And this actually may be the most likely scenario for a, quote, successful winning season. What if they win... 11 games and and a playoff game and it's all because of the defense because the offense continues to stink and field struggles. <laughs> wow. Um, that, that's a wonderful question. If they, I mean, to get to that point, they're going to go what nine and three, the rest of the year, something, nine, I'm sorry, nine and four, the rest of the year, something like that. Uh, yeah, 11 <laughs> and six, so yeah, nine and four. Nine and four. I, I think if they win three quarters of their games uh, the rest of the year, I think it'd be really hard to fire their head coach. Um, but you're right. If, if the offense is completely gross, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe you have an argument. I, you know, I think in both these hypotheticals, what we're overlooking is this: is that you know the Bears are probably not going to be able to win, you know, nine of their next 13 games unless the offense is, you know, good, good to above average. Uh, and you know, and they're probably not going to lose all their games uh, if the unless the offense is completely horrible. Yeah, and Pat, let, let me be clear. I don't want to see anybody get fired except for you know a basket full of politicians. But I mean, it, it, it's this is the reality of where they're at right now in the fourth year of, of the Nagy Pace era, and and the if you know the terms of their contracts still being you know highly classified, code red, you know need to know only information. Um, it's interesting because it speaks to, you know, where the roster is at right now. I mean, this defense, it could be a top three, top five defense this year. I think the one thing nobody talks about much is that, you know, we're at the quarter poll and they still haven't played more than nine starters. And most of the time they've played with seven or eight and they've played pretty well. So, you know, there's a possibility this defense has another gear. There, there could be some fun stuff coming. Um, uh, but I, you can't assume it'll happen again next year. You know, you've got Akeem Hicks will be out of contract. You've got Roquan Smith going to be out of contract. You, you've got, um, you know, uh, uh, Tayshawn Gibson, uh, you know, a bunch of guys I could list here. Um, so it's, they, they've just ended up in such a precarious position in so many different ways that you almost wonder which fire Nagy is attending to today. Well, with Roquan, yeah, I mean, he could technically be out of contract, but there's the fifth-year franchise or uh, fifth-year uh, rookie, the extra year of his rookie contract he's going to get. So he's not going anywhere. For yeah, they already years, exercised yeah, the fifth year. So yeah, yeah, right. but I mean, so, you still got the, yeah, you got so the contract issue. I guess is my point. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and you know, part of this too is how does Sean Desai look? I've been impressed by him thus far. I realized that two of the four teams they played. Um, you know, uh, weren't great, uh, even though the Bengals do have that three and one record. I'm cautiously optimistic that Desai uh, could be the right guy for this job. 
And if that's the case, I think you need to take into account, you know, the coaching staff when you consider Matt Nagy's future. Um, you know, <laughs> keep in mind that Matt Nagy without Vic Fangio has proven to be a 500 football coach. And if he's found, uh, you know, nobody's ever going to be Vic, but if he's found Vic Light, um, that might uh, help put out some of those fires as well. You're right. This defense is, is old. This defense has got, what, six guys over 30 playing regularly. Uh, Akeem Hicks, you know, isn't going to get that contract extension from Bears probably this, you know, during the season for sure. Uh, Danny Trevathan, you know, if he ever gets back out there, look to step slow. I mean, there are reasons to be concerned about some of these guys. But, you know, as long as Robert Quinn uh, keeps playing the way he is and Khalil Mack can take the field, uh, man, you got to feel pretty good about that pass rush, and maybe that makes those young corners a lot less more a lot less vulnerable than we thought they'd be. Pat, last question, and, and I'll let you go. And, and this is one of the things that I find most curious about the timing of all this is that you know you've got the, the the Cleveland Browns knew they were getting Justin Fields. They had all week to prepare for him, and and we saw what happened. The Detroit Lions, who are not a good football team, didn't. They had to prepare for both Dalton and Fields. The Las Vegas Raiders now know what they're getting, and they're getting Justin Fields definitely without David Montgomery, and and I I hope not without Damian Williams and, and without the running game. Did they just set this kid up for a huge fail, his first crack out of the box? Well, Damian Williams was a full participant in practice today with, a, right. with an injured mm-hmm. thigh. So you presume if you're full on a Wednesday, you're probably going to be okay, unless there's a setback uh, along the way. So I'll presume that Damian's playing. I, I think it's a good test for whether you know, the changes that Bill Lazor put in last week, which was you know a lot of fields under center as opposed to what Nagy was doing, a lot of two, three tight end formations. Uh, stuff like that is, is to whether the success that they had in that run game was solely because of Montgomery or whether some of it was schemed up. And if some of it was schemed up, you'd think that Damian Williams has a chance to be effective. Uh, you'd think that even Khalil Herbert, who I'm actually pretty curious to see run the football, uh, has a chance to be effective. I'm not sure I'd trust a rookie in pass protection, <laughs> but, but with the ball in his hand, I think he could be pretty good. Um, are they setting him up to fail? Maybe, <laughs> but you know, uh, you know, the Lions game was a lot softer of a landing uh, of a landing place than this Raiders game is. But you know, he it's got to he's you know it, it's got to start some sometime. And I'm not of the belief that the Raiders are a very good team. I think they're pretty average, uh, despite the three and one record. Uh, I think they have a chance. I think they I, I think they have a live chance on Sunday. And I can't believe I'm saying it given the circus that the Bears were going through just a week ago. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if they were pretty good. Yeah, we talked about this yesterday. I, I don't I don't think this is a laydown for the Raiders at all. Uh, I, I do worry about the fact that they're a much better football team at home in that new building in Vegas than they've been on the road. Um, but fortunately, the other piece of it is that defense is not the strength of their game. Uh, and, and that defensive line is not going to remind anybody of the Cleveland Browns defensive line. It may look a little bit more like the Detroit Lions. So we certainly hope that it's a good situation for Justin Fields. And that's not cheering in the press box. That's just wishing well for, for you know, what seems to be a, a really impressive young man. Pat, appreciate your time tonight. Probably no big news breaking tomorrow because I'll be back. Uh, so I will see you in the media room uh, tomorrow morning. And I hope you have a great evening. By all means, don't miss any more days, please. Uh, yeah, you don't need this aggravation anymore tonight. <laughs> so I will try not to. That is Pat Finley of the Chicago Sun-Times. We need to take a very quick commercial break. When we get back, 
We got the lines clear for about 40, 45 minutes. I don't know how many of you guys hung on. If you did, I really appreciate it. I know we've got at least a line or two open, though. We're going to get right back where we left you before our guests started coming in. We're have some baseball talk at the top of the next hour. We'll get back to the Bears and the NFL later. But if you still have a lot on your mind with the Bears, with the quarterback situation, with the question I posed at the opening of the show, what's the bigger story right now in Chicago? Justin Fields is now the full-time starting quarterback or the White Sox take on the Astros in the first of a five-game set tomorrow in Houston. Curious to hear what you think. You can text me that answer or give me a call at 312-644-6767. We've reset the phone lines again. 312-644-6767. Talk to you in just a moment right here on The Score. I would say I was a little bit surprised, but I mean, not really crazy surprised, but definitely a, a little bit of surprise. Um, but... You know, I feel like he was pretty straightforward with me and Andy. You know, I think my teammates believe in me. Uh, so, um, you know, great for the opportunity and, uh, you know, just, uh, just trying to get ready to work. Welcome back, everybody. Hub Ark is with you this evening from 6 to 10. We're about an hour and a half in, and I am having just a great time. I thank you so much for being with us. We're going to be here, as I said, until 10 o'clock talking sports. And I do want to get right back to the phone lines. Before I do, though, a couple of uh, texters here taking me to tax, and you're absolutely right, and I want to apologize uh, to the Chicago Sky, to any fans of the Chicago Sky, for not including them in this conversation to this point. I do believe tonight uh, is game four of their series with the Connecticut Sun. Um, I, I, I'm not talking about them because, honestly, I don't know a lot about them, uh, and that's my bad. I should. I know enough to know I wish Candace Parker was my daughter. I, I just love her and, and think she's one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen and one of the great Chicago sports stories uh, of all time. And, and, and at this stage of her career, I realize that she's probably the second or third best player on that team. Uh, this will be a tremendous upset uh, if they knock off the Sun, who everybody had uh, as the favorite to, to win the WNBA this year. Uh, and the Sky can knock them out tonight and go to the finals for just the second time in their history. So is it you know, comparable with the news of the White Sox or the Bears? No, it's not, because the sport's just not as big. That's not anybody's fault, and it should not in any way be taken as a, as a negative or a criticism um, of the game, of the sport, of the team. It's it's the reality of where we're at. But as a Chicago, and I, I couldn't be more excited by what they're doing right now, be prouder of them, uh, and, and I'm anxious as soon as I get off the air to, to, to get a look and, and, and find out, um, you know, what happened. And we certainly wish them the best. And I can't think of anything that would be a more enjoyable sports story in Chicago than Candace Parker coming home and, and taking that team to the, to the finals. So uh, good luck to the sky, guys. And, and, and we are all pulling for you. And uh, I hope you can get it done tonight. And then we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe we can get you guys in the finals and the White Sox on to the ALDS at the same time. Uh, we'll see if we can make that happen. Mark is on the phone out in Spring Grove. And Mark, I appreciate you dialing us up tonight. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, first off, I want to answer your question that you had at the beginning of the show. Uh, who's more important to talk about to me would be the White Sox at this point, um, just because hey, they are in the they are in the playoffs. Uh, the Bears are not in the playoffs yet. I think it's fantastic that Justin Fields has been named the starter. He deserves it, um, but I think he also deserves a little bit better help from the front line 
that he's not getting. So, uh, as you know, that uh, any Super Bowl winning team has always had a great front line. They've always had a great defense. Go back to the 85 Bears. That's what we had. We had protection. Um, you know, Jim McMahon wasn't the best of quarterbacks. He was certainly good. He was a good leader out there. But, you know, throwing a long ball, he didn't hit a lot of people in stride. He, he, he certainly had a great year that year, but, but he had a hell of a defense. He had a hell of an offense. Now you look at Matt Nagy. What's the problem here? Why, why do we have the offensive line that we have that's allowing these people to run through the line when we go to pass the ball? We proved last week, this past week, that uh, you know they, they can block against the run, and we got some running yards, but we don't want to be one-dimensional or two-dimensional even, just you know short passes or you know, RPOs and then and, and running. We want to be three-dimensional. We want to, we want to show that Justin Fields can actually roll out if there's an oops on the play and somebody happens to get through but they keep getting through so who's who's to hold these players accountable would be the head coach it doesn't seem like he's got enough fire in his belly to make these guys feel like they're accountable for doing their jobs me as a manager in in, in my position I'm, i'm held accountable by my general manager if i don't do my job correctly so i make sure that my staff does their jobs correctly so how long do we have to go with Matt Nagy, and is he capable of actually getting these guys trained properly to do their job, to let Justin Fields do his job properly and show us what he can actually do? Mark, thank you much for the phone call. I, you know, I, there's something I, I, I shouldn't have to clarify, but I, I feel like I do need to because sometimes, uh, you, you know, things get said on this station that, that people will tend to kind of twist to suit their own narrative. Um, there is, I, I think this is clear, there is no right or wrong answer to the question, you know, socks or bears. That That's not the point here. I, I, I mean, if you're asking me, I, my question was, what's the bigger news story? What should be commanding the most attention? I would think it's the White Sox. I, I, I would think getting ready for a divisional series in Major League Baseball and, and, and being three steps away from a World Series and two steps away from a pennant is much bigger than a change in the starting quarterback. But it does speak to the popularity of these teams and, and which one commands more attention. And, and that's why, you know, in, in this completely informal poll that we're doing here, uh, the Bears is, is kind of widening its lead when I look at texts and answers to the phone calls. But, but keep checking in. I'm curious to hear everybody's thoughts and rationale. Mark, as far as, uh, you know, your point about where the Bears are at, there's no question that the, that the buck stops with Matt Nagy. And I have, uh, you know, of whatever criticisms or concerns or questions I may have about him, fire in his belly is not one of them. That, that, that's not the issue. Um, and being accountable is not one of them. I mean, the one thing that I do give him credit for, um, or, well, let me be careful here. I, I, I was giving him credit until last week, is that he clearly, you know, all the time says the buck stops with me, takes responsibility. I don't, I don't think that's an issue. Uh, I do have an issue with the way he's handled this play calling thing. I mean, clearly the thing to do was to say, I'm giving it to Bill. And even after he gave it to Bill Lazor, he tried to present it in such a way that it was a group effort. And, and it just kept sounding the way he explained it, like, well, you know, when it goes well, I should get some credit. And when it's going badly, I shouldn't take all the blame. So I do understand why people might be questioning his willingness to take on accountability with the way he's handled that. But I can tell you, being around him for the last four years, that it's not really an issue. He definitely does take responsibility. And I admire the way he's handled that. I think what you're leaving out of the equation here is that he can he can demand all the accountability he wants if he doesn't have enough talent, if these guys aren't good enough, 
he's not going to be able to fix that problem. And, and this is an issue that I've had with personnel, you know, and, and the buck stops there with Ryan Pace. And, and I think that the offensive line has been arguably their greatest need other than quarterback for three years now, you know, and even other than quarterback, because there was a time three years ago, we thought Mitch Trubisky was going to be the answer coming out of 2018. Um, and they, and they waited too long to address it. However, in, in fairness to them, they did make it a priority this year. You know, they, they, they traded up to get Tevin Jenkins. They then doubled down and brought in Larry Borum. And it looks like they could have a pair of bookend tackles for a while. We don't know which one's left, which one's right, if either one's good enough left or right, because we haven't seen them yet. But, but they did make the attempt to upgrade the talent, and they've done a pretty nice job on the interior of the offensive line. I, I think they're good, uh, you know, with, with Cody Whitehair and Sam Mustafer um, uh, and James Daniels and certainly with depth from Alex Bars and knowing that it's actually Jermaine Effetti's natural position. Um, and, and, you know, there's still some other guys on the practice squad. I, I think they've got the talent that they need um, on the interior of the offensive line. I just don't know if they're good enough at tackle right now and don't know if they will be until we get to see Jenkins and Borum on the field. I don't think the problem is not that Matt's not demanding accountability. I think it's that he's got a 39-year-old left tackle who was fishing five weeks ago, um, and he's got a right tackle who's not a tackle. He's a guard. You know, Jermaine Effetti came to the Chicago Bears with them telling us that the reason he failed in Seattle, and when I say failed, he started, I think he played 60 or 64 games, and that's not a failure, but Seattle was not interested in bringing him back when his initial contract expired because he wasn't good enough at tackle, and that's where they wanted to play him. In fact, he was leading the league in penalties, false starts. We're, we've started to see some of that early this year, um, and, and I feel bad for the guy because I think that he played pretty well at guard last year, forced into the right tackle experiment. They moved him out there, and he played well enough that they decided to set him up as the starter this year, and I think that was a mistake. I think Elijah Wilkinson is a great kid, but not a great football player. Not sure how they thought that was really upgrading the position. Um, uh, you know, he was brought here to be a swing tackle, not to be a starter. So I'll give him credit for trying to address it finally this year, but I think the problem is that they waited too long, and they just don't have enough mature NFL talent there right now let me get one more call before we take another quick break here we're gonna go out to ottawa where scott is on the line scott how you doing buddy yeah good hub thanks for taking my call hey i wanted to say first of all leave it to the bears to make this decision weird i mean i'm thrilled that they <laughs> ended up going with justin <laughs> i'm thrilled they ended up going with justin fields but today as soon as i heard it it struck me as bizarre and to me it feels like it came from above Matt Nagy. One, it goes against everything he's been saying since June. And two, it backed him into this corner now where if Fields plays bad on Sunday, now he's already made this announcement. You know, if he'd have just sat Andy down and said, look, we're going to play the hot hand. We're going to see what Justin does this week. We're going to give you one more week to get healthy, and then we'll see where we go from there and tell Justin he's going to start. And if Justin plays well, you roll with the hot hand, make the announcement next week, and you go from there. But now, if Justin lays an egg, now he's just in this terrible spot where you have nowhere to go. And I feel like I know he didn't have a lot of leverage before, but now any little bit of leverage or, you know, 
wiggle room to get out of this. Now he's basically just put himself in the corner. And I feel like Matt, obviously I don't know him, is a smart guy. He seems like he thinks everything out. And he seemed reserved today when he was talking. It just seems like he was told this would be in your best interest. This is what we should do. And I feel like definitely just pressure from the fan base, me being one of them, probably led to this decision. I was just curious your thoughts. I know everybody's obviously talked about this, but I'm just curious because to me it just, it was a complete 180 from everything that people like me who listen to the score every day have heard for months. Well, Scott, thank you for the call, and it's a great call. I, I, I mean, I think you're spot on, and this is what is so frustrating about it. The Bears have a habit or a tendency to take things that don't have to be difficult and make them quite difficult. Yeah, and, and this is a prime example of it. I'm 50-50 right now. I, you know, we just heard from back-to-back two of the best reporters on the Bears beat with Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic and Pat Finley from The Sun-Times. And they both you know, agreed that, that it was a, a bit of a surprise, but not stunning. And they, and they felt that they saw some signs uh, it, it could be coming. Uh, they felt that there were reasons for it. And, and at the end of the day, I can't get overly excited about it because it was always going to happen. But it was a question of, was it going to happen week eight, week nine, week 10, when you'd exhausted everything else and followed through on all the commitments you'd made? Or was it going to be this, where you basically took a guy that you're doing everything you can to talk about how he's the greatest thing since sliced bread? I mean, Andy Dalton, uh, you know, I felt like, um, uh, you know, Matt was nominating for a Nobel Prize for humanitarianism today, you know, and, and I've been really impressed with Dalton in terms of his class and the way he handles himself. But I don't understand how you can spend, you know, four or five months time after time after time pounding on it, pounding on it. Andy's the starter. Andy's the starter. You've had 18 minutes of good, consistent offensive football all season long in four games played by Andy Dalton to start the Bengals game until he got hurt. He goes down, and now not only are you breaking your word to him, but you're not even giving him a chance to compete or continue what he was doing. And, and, and I don't understand that. I, I, I don't understand what happened with Justin Fields that made it so important to do this now and do this this way. You know, I, I mean, I can't imagine they were worried about, you know, Dalton coming back and playing so well that they couldn't give the job to Justin Fields. Um, there, there's one thing that I want to straighten out here once and for all. I try not to do personal stuff here, but I'm, I'm pissed, to be honest with you, because you get tired of it after a while. Um, I was talking with, with Dan and Layla um, uh, Monday morning uh, about Fields' performance on Sunday, and I pointed out that he had five outstanding plays and the other 52 plays weren't so good. Um, or were bad, or whatever I said. But but I thought it was pretty clear that I was not accusing Justin Fields of being bad on all 52 plays. I wasn't blaming him. I wasn't saying it was his fault. I was pointing out that the offense still stunk, and he was the quarterback. I made the, the clear point, it's not hard to see, that in the two and a half games that he has been the starter, he is four of 29 on third down. In that game on Sunday, he was one of eight. You can't lead an offense that way. An offense can't succeed that way. Again, nobody's blaming him. Nobody's saying it's all his fault. But that's the reality of where the offense is at right now. And, and so if it's been that way with him as the starting quarterback, 
are those five plays, those five great plays that he made on Sunday, enough to say that right now he is best for the offense and best for the Bears? Again, I don't have a problem with this. He was going to be the starter at some point. Now it's going to be this week. I have a huge problem with the way Andy Dalton's been treated. And I find it hard to believe that, 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 you know, there aren't some veterans in that locker room who are at least going to be concerned about it or feel the same way. I mean, to me, you know, honesty above all else is, is a priority. Even Andy Dalton knew he wasn't going to keep the starting job all season long. Um, and I think he would tell you that, you know, asked off the record or from his heart of hearts. But, but, but this idea that you give him the job, that he looked like he might be fairly good at it, and then you take it away from him and tell him you can't compete anymore. To me, that's that's just over the top. I I, I just think that that after you you pounded on it enough times, you had to let him come out one more time and give it a try. You know, had you done that and he'd been playing well, you still would have had the field's packages in. You still would have seen him making plays. There were going to be plenty of opportunities to do this. And, and you know, whether it's the best football decision to me is a separate question as to just the way it was handled and, and to, to Scott's point with his call, fine, he's the starter now. We all want Justin Fields to be the franchise quarterback of the Bears. We knew he was going to be the starter. I don't care that much that it's week five instead of week nine or 10 or whenever it was going to be, but I do hate the way this has been handled, um, and, and I think that's unfortunate. So, Darren, Rich, stay right where you're at. If anybody else wants to line up and join them on the phones, it's 312-644-6767. We're going to get to Darren and Rich in just a moment after this very quick commercial break right here at 670 the score he calls plays in practice so um i mean it's i'm, I'm used to hearing his voice uh, anyways but um i mean yeah pretty much like i said he he doesn't you know have to worry about the defense he doesn't have to worry about special teams he's just up in the box you know overlooking the field and stuff like that so he's definitely in, in a calmer setting and stuff like that um that's that's kind of his uh personality he's kind of you know uh, kind of calm and kind of laid back so um i definitely uh like that about bill Justin Fields, they're talking about Bill Lazor calling plays. He actually asked about it postgame um, on Sunday, uh, said that what he liked was how calm he was, and he went on to say Matt cannot be calm from the sidelines. I, I don't want to, I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the exact quote in front of me. Um, and so he clearly, you know, without trying to really say anything negative about anybody, made it clear that uh, uh, Bill Lazor is a lot calmer on the headset than, than, than Matt Nagy is and that he did enjoy that. So I thought that was an interesting uh, cut from the youngster, and that was Justin Fields today talking some more about it. Uh, you've got the score. I am Hub Arkish, going to be with you until 10 o'clock. We're taking your calls right now, and let's get right back to the phone lines. We do appreciate it more than you will know when you join us on the score listener line. It's powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit betql.com darren is out in hayward in iowa darren how you doing hey good morning uh, good evening uh, thanks for taking my call mm -hmm. okay um what is going on with Tariq cohen can you tell me this and i got one more little thing to say to you justin fields and bill laser both was together on sunday for the first time ever Okay, as a as a group, as a coordinator and a quarterback, Justin Fields. Now, this was reported this morning through five twenty-plus air yards downfield, one for sixty-eight, one for fifty-eight, and one for thirty-eight. That's they he threw five of those air air yards. Now, 
if you put Lazor and Justin Fields again the second game, it might even be better, and it might get better as the year goes on. And I'm guessing, now this is my guess, Lazor and Matt Nagy probably was in the office maybe yesterday talking and saying, you know, Justin can do all these things. I want to have more time with him. I think we can get more yards downfield, and eventually touchdowns are going to come after another, after another. Let's just keep this rolling. Darren, thank you for the call. I, I have no idea where you got those numbers you were talking about. Those, those are not accurate, but um, he did. Uh, he, he had five. Uh, the offense had five plays of 20 plus yards. I think that's probably what you were referring to. Uh, they had two runs and, and the, uh, actually I think they had four passes of more than 20 yards. They had the big one, uh, to Darnell Mooney that I want to say was 64 or 67. Uh, they had a 32 yarder to Mooney and they had two 28 yarders to Allen Robinson. So, um, you're right. You know, there were more chunk plays and that was a big part of the offense. Um, but I, I don't think your scenario of it was that simple and laser and, 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 and Nagy talked is, is what caused this. As far as Tariq Cohn, I have no information for you. I, I you know, it's not anybody's fault. It's, it's just the reality of, of COVID and where we're at right now and the protocols that still exist and the fact that we haven't been allowed in the Bears locker room since the end of the 2019 season. We do not have free access to these guys. We cannot talk to them. Uh, on the practice field, and, and Tariq Cohn is not obligated to talk to media when he's on the pup list or injured reserve, so nobody has talked to him since training camp, or actually not even in training camp because he was on the pup list, um, and the Bears aren't commenting on it because they don't have to. He's not even eligible to come back until after week six, so two more games before he's eligible. I can tell you I see him out there every day. He looks better. He, he was not moving all that well in training camp, and everybody assumed he was going to start on the pup list, and by the way, that's not something to be terribly concerned about because you know ACLs even today where they are much better handled than they were in the past are still nine to 12 month injuries remember it happened week three against the Falcons they waited as I recall uh, two or three weeks uh, for the surgery because of the swelling so he's still very much in that normal full recuperative period and the hope is that he can be ready week seven um, he, he looks much better walking around on the practice field, but how close he is to, to playing in an NFL game, I, I really just can't tell you. I wish I could. We continue to try and find out, uh, but nobody is sharing any information on that. Let's go to Wakanda, which is right up the road for where I'm living these days, out in Tower Lakes. Rich is on the line. Rich, I thank you for dialing us up. How are you doing tonight? Well, how you doing, neighbor? Um, <laughs> it, it's an honor, Rob. Um First of all, I'll weigh in on the uh, the question of the day, and that's Justin Fields. And the reason that I say that is because I personally have been waiting 50 years for a franchise quarterback. I completely recognize that McMahon had his moments, um, but there were moments, and he was hurt more often than he wasn't. And for the first time in my life, I have a chance at actually having a franchise for quarterback and you know the White Sox won a championship 20 years more recently than the Bears have so I'm longing for that Bears championship Um, but the other thing I wanted to say to you was um, you asked a question why the um, about face 
with regards to Matt Nagy, um, um, what he had to say on Sunday night versus today. And I truly believe somebody in the Bears brass, and nobody will ever know who that is. So maybe George makes a phone call to Pace, and Pace makes a phone call to Matt Nagy and says, okay, first of all, you're going to start this quarterback, and second of all, you're going to rewrite your last um, press conference and say the right things. Because today, he said all the right things. And when was the last time uh, for all of the press conferences you've experienced with Matt Nagy, he said all the right things? Well, Rich, thank you for the phone call. Um, I I have to, uh, some Sox fans are not going to like this text, but I'm only giving it to you because it's kind of clever. And I think when people are clever, they, they, you know, they deserve to be heard. Uh, I have one texture here who says, I suspect if the Bears announced they were serving strawberry soft serve, it would be bigger news than the White Sox. Um, Just clever. I don't agree with it, but it was very clever. Uh, And I'm happy to report the Chicago Sky are on top at the end of the first quarter. I do not have a score for you yet, but we'll try and keep you up to speed on what's going on there as that game progresses. You know, Rich, I I just, I am a huge George McCaskey fan. I consider him a friend. I I think that he has done a better job as the chairman with the ball club than than his late brother, Michael. May he rest in peace. Uh, uh, You know, Michael was in charge when they won a Super Bowl. I'm not trying to be critical of him in any way, but we know that that he was not a natural fit in the position and he struggled with it. Uh, I don't know that George is a natural fit in the position either, but I think he has has handled it pretty well um, in terms of what's occurred since he took over. I want to say that was 12 or 13. I got to check back on that. Um, But one thing that is consistent with the entire McCaskey family, it's just not their nature to involve themselves in the football operation. You know, they they hire people who they hope are the best for the jobs. They they have a checkered, you know, track record, you know, in that hiring, Uh, you know, hit a couple home runs uh, with, with, uh, Uh, Well, it was actually Papa Bear who hired Mike Ditka, but they certainly hit a home run with Lovey Smith. And I'm just talking about in general. I know Lovey never won a Super Bowl, but had a really good run. Um, They had an excellent choice in Dick Duran, who I think got a terribly raw deal. Uh, um, uh, You know, Jerry Angelo did a nice job, you know, hiring Larry Smith and uh, Larry Smith, Lovey Smith, um, and and seeing and building that team that went to a Super Bowl. But I also thought that that Jerry came in determined to get rid of Dick Duran and and just because it wasn't his guy, nothing personal or or mean spirited. And I think that was a mistake. Um, But but for the most part, they just the McCaskies don't involve themselves in the football operation, and, and I find it hard to believe that George would have stepped in and, and told Matt, "This is what you have to do." Um, I, I can't imagine he would allow Ted Phillips to do that, and so I don't think that's what happened. But but I'm not as as, as forgiving as, as Kevin Fishbane and Pat Finley, who joined me earlier today, when they said that they thought. Maybe there were some signs that that this could be coming on Monday. I agree with them that the plan all along was for Fields to start at least one more game because he didn't show enough Sunday against Cleveland and because they have the luxury of the Dalton injury to kind of give him wiggle room and and to mess around with this a little bit. 
Um, so I'm not surprised that Justin is starting versus the Raiders. I'm surprised that they felt today was the day that they needed to make this announcement and clean all this up and possibly create a significant mess in the effort to clean it up. So um, in, in that regard, I'm puzzled by the timing, but I'm not, you know, I, I think it's unlikely uh, that, that George McCaskey involved himself. Now, once again, I've got uh, two Daves, Dave in the Northwest Side and David in Mundelein. But unfortunately, guys, I've got to go to a break. We're going to talk some White Sox baseball, and, and I'm looking forward to it. We need to. The Chicago White Sox are the AL Central champs. They are in the playoffs tomorrow. They have an AL Divisional Series starting in Houston. It should be a huge story in Chicago. I know it is to a good segment of our audience, and so I went and got the guy who I know the best, who I think does one of the best jobs in town covering the White Sox, Scott Merkin for MLB.com. Going to join us in just a couple minutes. Dave and David, either hang on. I can get back to you in about 20, or you can dial me back up in about 20. we got a lot more Bears and NFL talk coming, too. But next up, we're going to talk White Sox baseball and playoffs right here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 